0: What's up? Welcome to Where in the Sports World. I'm once again your host, Travis Seldridge. This is the show where we head around the world to catch up with American players and coaches whose sport has taken them overseas. We got not one, but two guests this week on this episode. A couple of former MLB pitchers, Drew Verhagen and Nick Martinez. Both are currently pitching as starters for the Nippon Ham Fighters in Japan's Pacific League. That's the league that was once called home by former MLB stars Ichiro Suzuki and a current one in Yu Darvish, those guys among many, many others. It's also being used by American players trying to continue their career or possibly find a way back into the major leagues. For this episode, we're going to start with Drew Verhagen. He's a native of Texas. Drew picked in the fourth round of the 2012 MLB draft by the Detroit Tigers, eventually making his way up through the Tigers system to make his big league debut back in 2014. After a couple of up-and-down years, he decided to take his chances in Japan this year, trying to find some consistency, learning what it takes to improve as an every-week starting pitcher. We'll talk about his journey to Japan, the differences between the styles of play in Major League Baseball and in the Pacific League. We'll also have some fun as well. Why don't we go across the Pacific right now with Drew Verhage. Drew, it's where in the sports world, so you got to answer the question, where in the sports world are you right now? I'm in
1: Sapporo, Sapporo Hokkaido in uh, Japan, playing for the Nippon Ham Fighters.
0: The first question I've got to ask you after watching your series over the last couple of days is at what point do you adjust to the fact that Japanese hitters can foul off like a billion pitches?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good good question because that's probably the, the biggest change I've seen from over here, it's just their ability to just kind of spoil those breaking balls in the dirt. And it's, it's frustrating, man. It sucks. It, it's like, it's tough to just, you just got to keep pouring strikes in there and hope they just put one in play eventually.
0: What's the adjustment been like overall, just in, in terms of culture and game moving across to Japan?
1: It's been, it's been interesting because of, you know, the situation this year, especially just coming over here. I expected, expected to, you know, when I said bye to my family, friends, girlfriend back home, I expected to see him a few months later. So going through this in year one has made it uh, a little more difficult, but the the team here, the, the translators, the front office, they've been awesome for me. So you know, they've been, anything I need, they've just been really helpful, but I've been, I feel like my transition's been pretty good, uh, you know, as far as baseball-wise, I mean, that's pretty much, we, we can't do much outside of baseball, so you're pretty much just focusing on on your sport, and so I think the biggest transition was, like you said, how much they foul, foul pitches off, but also very, very patient and disciplined hitters as well, so I think you know, It's a little different approach rather than uh, the home run hitting guys back in the States.
0: Walk me through the decision ultimately to make the move because it, it all came pre-pandemic. You're pitching with the Tigers. It seemed like kind of at the end of, of last year, you had found a little bit of a role for yourself in the, in the, 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 the uh, rotation there in yeah. Detroit. Walk me through the decision in this offseason, weighing your options and going, you know what, Japan is the right move right now.
1: Yeah, so I, I had uh, – I started off last year a little rough, went down to the minors and came back up and finished strong. And I was thinking my uh, kind of exit exit interview or whatever, you know, just kind of checking in with the coaches before the offseason was really positive. And um, – but that being said, the last four years I've been up and down from the minors, AAA to big leagues, and I haven't been able to get into a routine of starting – once a week, where I know I'm, I'm gonna get the ball and just work on my craft and work on improving. So, when my agent came to me and told me that there was a team in Japan interested and they wanted me full time starter, that really piqued my interest. And I just weighing everything um, financially, you know, the the contract offer, the the ability, the opportunity on the field. And just, I thought, I always thought it would be a really cool experience to come over here. I remember seeing uh, Colby Lewis come back and pitch for the Rangers. And I heard about his, you know, his career over in Japan. And I always thought that would be an awesome thing to do.
0: And so, I mean, everybody goes to Japan for one reason or another, but there also has to be a goal. What is the goal in mind you have in terms of, is it, hey, I'm going to continue to get better and whatever happens, happens. Is it, I, I won't feel successful unless I get back to the big leagues? Like, how do you look at what you, where you are now in, in this year and then moving forward?
1: I think the main goal was to get comfortable as a starter, establish myself as a starter. And that way I have a, I, I have a set role. I've always believed I could be a starter in the big leagues. And so I wanted to, I wanted to, get that opportunity. From here on out, no, I wouldn't say that going back to the States is the only way I would see it as successful. I'm not really pitching for anyone, anyone's approval, really, I guess is the way to say it. You know, I'm just kind of pitching, I enjoy it. And if I finish my career in Japan and you know win a lot of games over here, that's, that's good. But if someone likes me back in the States, obviously i jump on it because it's a great opportunity too. And I'd be back back close to my family back home but i'm not that's not that's not the only that's not really how I would determine you know maybe it's successful I just want to play baseball for as long as possible and uh, have success and and just keep enjoying it
0: you had a a unique situation last year when you started to i think really pitch well toward the end of the season where you the Tigers were using Daniel Norris as an opener and you were like the bulk guy that came in afterwards you weren't really a starter but you were pitching almost starter type innings as a pitcher like how do you adjust to being an opener and as somebody who you talk about wanting to be a starter like how do you see that as a starting pitcher as that being a trend in the game what are your thoughts on it
1: Um. I guess I I understand the, the thought process behind it of uh, you only you would face the top of the order, maybe one last time as the bulk guy, which makes sense. The best part of the order you face them. Ideally, probably one less time. So I get that it, it was fine as far as a routine standpoint, because I was able to I was throwing my bullpen just like a starter. I was in the dugout, hanging out like a starter. And then I would just go down to the bullpen on my day to pitch, warm up and go in the game. The only time it got where it was uh, difficult and I didn't, I didn't like it is when the opener was struggling and they would rush me, hurry, hurry, get ready. And you have to rush to get warm, come in the middle of an inning and then throw five more innings. Like, it's one thing to rush, get ready, and go finish an inning, but to rush, get ready, and throw six, that's tough. So yeah. that's the only thing I wish the Tigers would have done differently is if the opener was, was in trouble, bring someone else in to finish that inning and then bring me in, you know what I mean? So I have a fresh inning, I can take my time getting warm.
0: Be able to really approach it like you're a starting pitcher coming in just happen to be in the third inning. Right. Exactly. I was all right
1: with that. That part was fine.
0: So I, I thought it was also unique because uh, you we mentioned Matt Moore uh, before we got going and you guys were teammates last year. He obviously went down with an injury, something that kind of opened up a door for you in, in the rotation last year uh, with Detroit. With all the Americans in the league, how much do you guys have a chance to kind of like – talk and associate with each other knowing that you guys are all kind of like on your own little islands in terms of language barriers and everything else.
1: Yeah, you definitely you have a lot in common. So I, I know Matt Moore, personally, I know Zach Neal personally. So those guys are old friends. I obviously love seeing them. But even the guys that I didn't know prior to coming here, you just you know, how you doing? Like, this is crazy, huh? You know, talking just, just, like, just like you know them just because you have so much in common. And uh, I know in the past, Nick Martinez said that they would even get together, grab dinner, drinks, whatever. And that, that, would, be, that would be a cool experience too. They we're not able to do that this year with the, with the virus. But I think if I'm back, I could see something like that happening. That's a, I think it's a cool cool way to interact.
0: I spent a, a bunch of years covering uh, local sports, and I had a chance. I was in a double-A city in Binghamton, New York, and so I had a chance to spend a lot of time around minor league baseball, and it's like the most, uh, the best example of a grind in sports, I feel like, is the minor league system. Your way up through the minors with Detroit, what was your like welcome-to-minor league baseball moment?
1: You know i had it pretty I had it pretty easy, honestly, because they put me on the fast track i was I was rookie ball for two weeks, straight to high a, and then we won a championship in high a, so I was like champagne showers three months after getting drafted, which was awesome That's it was great. it was really fun um I think the first time I realized, man, this is a grind being in the minors was being injured in the minors hurt I hurt uh, my back and I had to stick around uh, Lakeland Florida which isn't the greatest place I don't know if you've ever been but <laughs> in the middle of the summer it's like you know I mean spring training it's a blast because yeah. the great but middle of the summer hot humid we're out there like you know doing our conditioning and no games so you're just going straight back to your dorm afterwards that's when I realized like being on the DL in the minor leagues is really not a good place to be. So that was probably, that was in 13 or yeah, 13. And that was the, that was when I realized this, this isn't, this isn't where you want to be. You want to be playing.
0: It's not glamorous, but it makes it all that much sweeter when you finally do get to the big leagues, right? Like that's like the payoff.
1: Yeah. And there's tons of guys that, that I know that I've played with that grinded it out way longer than I had to. I was drafted in 12 in the big leagues in 14. So that was, uh, that made it, you know, it was, it was good. It was really good. All
0: right, let's, uh, I'll finish it off. We've got three quicker questions, three for the road here, uh, before we let you go. Kind of a little bit more off the radar. First off, speaking of the minor leagues, uh, best minor league ballpark you got a chance to play in? Hmm. I think.
1: I think. Um, I really liked Columbus. It's not. It's not like uh, it's Triple A park, and it's just a good, solid park. They had good, good fans. But um, I also liked uh, more of a classic park was Reading Double A for the Phillies, yeah. and it was more the the atmosphere was really good um I'm trying to think if there's a one that stands out I was reading reading was a cool experience I like that place
0: yeah I had I grew up outside Philadelphia went to a bunch of reading Phillies games growing up and it was uh it's a it's a good spot to watch a game yeah yeah uh you played a summer in the Cape Cod league and so how many times before during or after did you watch the movie summer catch
1: I think I watched it once before, like right before, just to see what I was getting into. Not that it was accurate at all, but and then I've seen it once, once since, and just like just laughed at it because it's like I said, it's not even close to accurate. But it was, it was. There was parts of it that kind of resemble
0: it. So there's no Freddie. So I'd Prince, say twice total. So there's no real uh, live Freddie Prince Jr. out on the Cape Godley? No, there's not. (laughs) Uh, Finally, for you, you're from originally outside Dallas. This year's Cowboys are fill in the blank.
1: Just disappointing, man. This this defense, this defense (laughs) got to pick it up because, you know, Cowboys fans, they're they're pissed right now. So they their offense is putting up points, but defense can't be giving up 40 a game and, and expect to win any games.
0: How hard is it to keep up with the NFL with, with the time difference and being at like halfway across the world?
1: It's tough. I, gotta, I, gotta, I had to set an alarm to make sure my fantasy ro- <laughs> make sure my fantasy <laughs> roster was set with, with active players last week. So <laughs> it's tough because most of the games start at 2 a.m. here and then like five. So it's it's difficult. And but you- I, I, I was able to watch a little bit of the Cowboys like after the fact, but there wasn't much to see there.
0: Well, now you guys got, now you got games moving to Monday and Tuesday. And I mean, like, I I can't even keep track of the United States, so I don't know how you're doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tough, but a lot of times there'll be like a, like the Sunday night game will be Monday morning here at like 930. And so I'll check that one out, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Breakfast with a, a little Sunday night football for you on your Monday morning.
2: Yeah.
0: True, <laughs> man. Yeah. I appreciate the time. It's been fun watching you pitch over there. Good luck here the rest of the, the, the last month of the regular season and hopefully I'll have a chance to catch up with you again soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: A huge thanks to Drew Verhagen for taking some time. By the way, also caught up with his former Tigers teammate, Matt Moore, a couple of episodes ago. So make sure you check out the Where in the Sports World archives to listen or watch that interview. But for now, we're going to turn our attention to Drew's current teammate with the Fighters, fellow starter Nick Martinez. What a story his is. Grew up in Miami, Florida, eventually heading to Fordham up in New York to play college baseball. But he wasn't a pitcher in college. He played second base, only pitched sporadically throughout his career at Fordham, working infrequently as a relief pitcher. But an MLB scout happened to see one of those rare appearances on the mound. And that scout liked what he saw. Martinez picked in the 18th round of the 2011 MLB draft by the Texas Rangers, working his way to making a big league debut back in 2014. However, after limited attention and free agency a couple of years ago, he made the move to Japan, currently in his second year in the Pacific League. We'll talk to him about that unique journey, what it was like being drafted as a pitcher while still playing second base in college. We have some fun. Some more now with Nick Martinez. So Nick, the show is where in the sports world, so you have to answer the question, where in the sports world are you right now?
2: all right well i'm in uh, right now i'm in sapporo japan uh, way up in the northern northernmost island of of japan
0: so you're playing for the Nippon ham uh, fighters this season, and it's got to be an adjustment so baseball wise adjustment from major league playing in the United States to now playing in japan what's it like
2: It's definitely different uh totally different styles Uh, you know, here's a very fundamental based uh, game. Um, you know, we're playing a lot of small ball moving guys over and um, they're they're honestly very good at their own specific style. So there is a little bit of an adjustment period you have to go through, um, especially for new players coming. Um, this is my third year. So for for new players coming to Japan who are uh, coming from the States and i have now basically fully adopted a more analytical approach to playing. Uh, coming over here, you're going to have to adjust back to a more of an old-school style, style approach and, um, you know, early contact. And, uh, you know, the guys here don't really swing and miss as much. And guys in the States are, are geared towards, you know, trying to go for that long ball and thus uh, expose themselves to swings, swings and miss. And here they're going for contact and, and not really swinging and missing as much.
0: Give me the first time that you went through an at-bat where the guy fouled off, like, seven pitches. Because I did your game today, and I think – or yesterday yeah. for you. And I think there were, like, five at-bats that were double-digit pitches for, for your, your pitching staff. Yeah. And, like, yeah, walk me you through your first that. experience like that.
2: Yeah. Um, you <laughs> know, my first year, you, you come across something like that. And, uh, I think by, like, this, you know, it's usually by the seventh pitch, you're just, like – begging the guy to put it in play, you know, even if it's just a hit, you know, you want to get the at-bat over with. So a lot of these guys, that's, that's, you know, a lot of times they may look fooled and a lot of those swings they are fooled, but they do a really good job of fouling it off and staying on the ball the very, until the very last moment. And they'll continue to do that. That's part of their style until, they, until you make a mistake. So it forces the pitcher to stay mentally locked in um, and not really take a pitch off because they'll foul foul off, foul off until they get the pitch where they can get their, their single, you
0: know? Yeah. And uh, so obviously it's an adjustment baseball wise. We've talked about also adjustment culturally. You've, you've mentioned you've been there for a couple of years. You now have Drew Verhagen who's also on the the pitching staff uh, with you there for the fighters. Is it nice to have other Americans there? Has that, does that make it life easier? Have you had that threat? Your experience?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's real nice to have another American here. Obviously, we say we share the same culture, but what's great about Drew is that he's also very open minded to trying new things, trying new foods, and that that and so so am I. So that makes it a lot easier on us to to go out and even during this during this uh, during these times, it might be tough to go out, but we may go explore and and try a new restaurant that we we may never have the experience of trying in the states, um, eat something weird, and um, you know, kind of introduce something new to our palate and see if we like it, you know, and and a lot of it, a lot of that, that, that's a big battle is uh, coming over here. And, you know, if you're not open to trying different food, then it might be a tougher time for you you to adjust. But um, luckily, um, you know, I'm pretty open-minded and so is Drew. So it definitely helps out to, to have someone to go out to dinner and hang out and share, you know, a common view on, on our culture versus their culture. Sometimes you appreciate, sometimes you're venting, but um, you know it's all fun, so it's it's real cool.
0: What do you miss the most about the United States? Uh, breakfast, no <laughs> Really? Doubt. Yeah, um, they don't really
2: have breakfast here. Is kind of is a different um, uh, different meal. They don't really do you know the whole you know, eggs with uh, you know bacon and maybe potatoes or something like that and coffee. They'll, they'll go right up to you know grilled fish, and salad. And, like Whatever you could have for lunch, they do that for breakfast also. So it's not, um, you know, the smell of cooked fish in the morning is not something that uh, I've ever gotten used to. <laughs>
0: That's fair. Um, no, I went on my, uh, my honeymoon to Italy, and I remember my wife and I were like, I just, I just want to sit down and have a big breakfast. And even like coffee wasn't right. the same. It's just different.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so it's it, that—that's probably the thing I miss the most. As soon as I get to the states, I usually, my, you know, I land, usually land in Dallas, and I'll, I'll land like at eight in the morning usually, and I'm like, I'm looking for the first American breakfast spot I can find, it. and I'll, I'll just sit there for, you know, an hour and just enjoy it.
0: So you. We're in in the major leagues. You're playing for the Texas Rangers, and it comes up to an opportunity for you in free agency to figure out where you're going to go. Walk me through the conversations you have and and the opportunity that's brought to you of playing in Japan and and that thought process of eventually making this move. I had to drink some water because this is a long story. (laughs) You're good. Go Uh, for it.
2: Well, it's a – uh, very unique situation because, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan on coming to Japan at first. I didn't want to. Um, my wife was pregnant at, with her, with our, our only child. Um, she was three months pregnant. And so I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable asking her if she would, you know, come to, you know, to, to Japan, you know, give birth out here. And, um, you know, obviously that's, that's a very, you know, it's our first child so you know a moment like that very big we're not going to be around family um, in a foreign country definitely not ideal for your first child so Um, that was the first hiccup and and she was okay with it you know we told her it's a great opportunity and um, she was open to it and she ended up loving it she's familiar with the you know the process of uh, how women you know giving birth in america they kind of they only give you like two days, um, you know, at the hospital and then you're, you're on your own. And um, here we, we had a full week where they kind of trained, we were at the clinic for a whole week and they would train us on how to bathe and, you know, watch us and take care of it, you know, watch us take care of the baby, make sure we're doing everything right. And kind of like a little mini crash course on, you know, how to feed, change and all that stuff. And it was really nice. And uh, She had home cooked meals and she, she was uh, catered to Round the clock, we had like eleven nurses around the wow. clock that she can call to. So it was like it was an incredible experience for my wife, and you know, very peaceful. And she absolutely loved it. Um, but we, before we got to that, once once she was okay with it, I, I kind of turned to: Is it a good career move for me to, to come out here? Um, ultimately, we we decided that it would be. Uh, I was I was a you know my last couple of years with Texas, I was a fringe player up and down and. Uh, once, once I uh, didn't get offered a contract by then, you know, my, I was kind of labeled as a depth pitcher, uh, you know, a pitcher that can be in, the, in AAA and call, call them up whenever we needed. And, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't agree to that. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that was playing to my strengths. I felt like I could contribute at a big league level. And a lot of guys um, coming to Japan at the time were, were coming to Japan, having some, some success. And then getting that opportunity, a big league opportunity again, without, you know, kind of skipping over that back and forth, proving themselves out here and getting a better opportunity back home. And that, that ultimately that's, that's what we decided. If I can put together uh, a few good years out here, then I can get, you know, get offered a, a major league contract back home or, or continue to play out here. You know, just continue, you know, just better opportunities
0: for me. So where do you feel like your game is at now?
2: Well, um, if you asked me after last night, it was a tough one. So <laughs> I, there's right. some adjustments to that I, that I need to make. <laughs> um, but no, ultimately, I, I, I've learned a lot being out here. Uh, I learned I've learned how you know, like I mentioned before, staying mentally locked in for every single pitch. So you, you grow in that aspect of, of, of you know, mental maturity, and, um, you know, what it takes to, to pitch and in, deep into games and stuff. What I've also learned um, my time out here even though it goes a little bit against uh, their style. There are some teams that still have an analytics group, but I've taken the time to learn what it means to have good spin rate and you know, uh, tunneling and uh, horizontal, you know, any kind of analytic um, stat you can find to help to help my game. I've learned a lot and what it means to pitch up in the zone and use my off-speed down in the zone, even though pitching up in the zone isn't really – um, a good strategy here in Japan because they, they like to just make that contact yeah um, as you might have seen yesterday but uh, <clears throat> using using that and, and applying it to my strengths uh, definitely helps so uh, you know I've grown mentally and 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 also also physically using my, my repertoire
0: differently so I'm doing research because I had a chance to to call your game uh, yesterday here and, and uh, yesterday for you today here, and um, I was researching your, your time in Fordham and you played mostly second base when you were in college, is that right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a, a primarily second baseman, middle infielder. I had like 20 innings of experience uh, before before getting drafted. I had a good arm. Uh, pretty athletic, and, and the Rangers uh, took a flyer on me. And, yeah, like, uh, what's
0: the, I mean, how did they go yeah. about scouting that?
2: Uh, I think it was, uh, they, they were there, you know, right time, you know, right time, right place. Uh, um, my scout, Jay Hefner, uh, he was, he was, at, he, he's from the Carolinas, and we were in South Carolina um, for our spring trip, and uh, I happened to pitch in a game and he was home and he just <clears throat> you know a team from New York he was scouting New York, the New York area at the time, so he was home visiting family for for spring or for the holidays or something and, and um he just had he went to catch one of my games that I happened to pitch it. And um I had a I had a pretty good game on the field, but I came to pitch the ninth inning and um through three scoreless innings, you know, from from the ninth to twelfth. Um and uh I uh, got the win, you know, I ended up getting the win and pitching well. And then he followed me back into New York through, through uh, another midweek game that he happened to be at, did well at that one. And um, they, they freaking d- drafted me and they took a chance on me. and I, I ran with it, yeah.
0: Works out well. And you know what? That's it, the thing about college baseball. Like, if you can do a bunch of different things, every one of those teams, especially those midweek games, they just need guys to throw out and eat up, like, three innings
2: right right for sure and, and um you know my first year I, I told the team i could pitch a little bit um i had a good arm and i was like hey I, maybe i can you know get some more scholarship money if i tell them i can pitch a little bit um that that didn't happen but they still <laughs> i ended up pitching like 6 innings you know and i it went terribly uh, i didn't not pitch well at all <laughs> 6 innings so um my my coach my second year was like hey just focus at second base you're going to be our second baseman just focus on on getting better at that position and doing your job there. I was like, yeah, no problem. Um, I can do that. Then my junior year, uh, another meeting with my coach and I was like, Hey, I, I want to get drafted. I don't care how, I, I don't care what position I play. I want to be a professional baseball player and I want to give myself the most opportunities I can. If, if they draft me as an infielder, great. That's what I want to be. But I also have, I know I have a strong arm and there's, there's potential there. So I want to give myself the best chance or the most chances. And so he was like, yeah, you can be our, you can be our closer, you know, you can be a, a, a late inning bullpen guy for us. I was like, great. And, you know, I started throwing, you know, working a little bit with the pitchers. Well, that year we had a freshman all American that was our closer. So <laughs> that ultimately ate away at uh, at some, some of the innings I was going to throw. So I was throwing a lot of midweek games, which was okay. That it, it ended up working out. They ended up seeing me anyways. And um, I, I ended up getting drafted. Uh, funny thing is, uh when they when they showed interest and they they told me they wanted me to be a pitcher um well i was like well what about second base you know if if anything you know just draft me as a second baseman and if it doesn't work out i can go to pitching You, you, it's hard to go get drafted as a pitcher and then go back to second base so uh, that was kind of my angle and they were just they were flat out like no we just want you as a pitcher
0: so (laughs) i was like all right let's let's do it yeah it worked out pretty well for you you ended up making it a major right yeah, yeah. So, but before we let you go, a couple of a quick hitting questions just to have a little bit of fun here at the end. Uh, first, give me your best experience in Japan so far. Off the diamond. Wow. Off the diamond? Yeah. Uh, I've
2: been at pretty cool restaurants, man. Um, so, I can't really just pin one. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've been to Kyoto and, and seeing, you know, seeing buildings that, um we made in the like year 400 is is mind-blowing to me you know yeah like if you go to Rome the ancient Rome and you see all the, the you know the Colosseum and stuff like that's very impressive to me they have they have similar things like that you know where they'll have a shrine that's been been up since the year four four five hundred you know that's wild but uh eating at cool restaurants for me is is what does it um trying something new I, I've I've eaten um stingray jerky at a restaurant barbecued jellyfish uh i've tried the blowfish um ordeal you know the blowfish if you don't cook it right it can kill you so um I, i've tried that uh living on um, the edge man yeah it, it's cool it's a cool experience um for sure definitely something i won't you know you, you won't see in the state so anything like that i'm i'm up for the challenge
0: so we'll take you back to the United States. You got a choice for dessert, ice cream or cake. Which you going with?
2: I I am going cake. Oh, okay. I, I'm I'm not a big I like ice cream, but I think I have to be in the mood for ice cream. Cake. I'm, I'm always always up for
0: for trying a piece of cake. Vanilla or chocolate? I like vanilla. Vanilla with the vanilla icing. Whole way. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I don't I, I mean I I like both. I get the chocolate it just depends on the mood, but I probably gear more towards
0: vanilla. And uh, finally, because baseball movies are are some of my favorite sports movies and I feel like there's so many iconic yeah. ones. If there's right. a baseball movie character that you feel yeah. like you could most relate to, who is it? Um Well, being out here in
2: Japan, Mr. Baseball is a pretty, pretty accurate description of what's going on with us out here. So um, a lot of changes, a lot of uh, adjustments you have to make, um, especially with, you know, around the culture of the game itself. So Mr. Baseball is pretty accurate, I'd say, right now.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I've heard that is like the go-to movie you have to make sure you watch before you make the move over there. Absolutely. Yeah. I
2: even watch it you know, once a year while I'm out here just to <laughs> give myself a laugh. A refresher. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, Nick, hey, man, we appreciate the time. Good luck here in the last month of the the regular season over there, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again sometime soon.
2: Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me.